Once again it's on 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 once again, it's on a kinesthetic. The podcast, the show is the shooter's role. I'm here with my main man, the smoothness via Skype. What's going on, baby? What's up, baby? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Um, shout out again to everyone on the front line fighting the pandemic, you know. Um, and obviously, we here, we're talking the great, great documentary, The Last Dance. We're talking episodes five and six of yep. The Last Dance. Last week on our show, we spoke about how, you spoke about how you did, You might you might be crying a river out there when episode five um, <laughs> started. And obviously, <laughs> obviously very emotional episode. Uh, yeah. Begins, with, uh, begins with, uh, with the dedication to the late, great Kobe Bryant. Obviously his daughter, Gianna, her birthday was on the 1st of May. She would have been 14. Rest in peace to her and everyone that died in that in that accident. Um, this episode begins with Kobe and looks at Kobe's, uh, Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan's relationship. In terms of the timeline, it's the All-Star game. It's Kobe's first All-Star game. He's 19 years old. Um, what, what, just tell me how you felt watching that opening sequence and how they, how they, how they did it? Um, look, obviously, I mean, very, very emotional, of course. Um, yeah, man, it's still, you know, there's still days even before episode five and six. So I'm literally, I, I look at, at highlights and I'm just like, no, like, this guy can't be gone, you know? Yeah. He just, it's still very, very difficult to, to fathom that Kobe Bryant is actually not around anymore. But, um, yeah. so yeah, that kind of just, just, just brought things, brought things back. Um, these things always, they hit home, you know, they always just hit home when you see them. Um, it was, it was, um, yeah, man, but it's just a, a tough, a tough scene to watch, but also great in the sense that everyone, you can see now, everyone knew Kobe's greatness very early. You know, now that you, uh, everyone is kind of starting to see Michael Jordan's personality, you could tell that with the, with the lines that he was spewing out, hey, that, that lake, that little Laker boy don't pass the ball. You're going to take everybody one on one. I think in yes, MJ yes, language, yes. that's like, oh, damn, that guy is a killer, you know? And that boy is a killer. And uh, you can see clearly took a, took a liking to him very, very early on. Um, yes. So, yeah, man, that was, that, was, that was great to see. That was great to see. What I loved in that locker room sequence when they're all talking about Kobe, the one, the one, the scene you're talking about when he says that little Laker boy, is yeah. that they're talking about the, the Utah Jazz game where he notoriously shot those <laughs> air balls, right? Yeah. <laughs> like four, four air balls. And Jordan is yeah. like, yo, <laughs> you better rebound before you get to the yeah. ball again. And, 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 and the thing about that is that in, in Kobe Bryant's, I, I don't know if you've seen, um, Kobe Bryant's documentary, Muse, where he talks about those air balls and that when they, when they flew back to Los Angeles, he went straight to the basketball court mm. with the ball. Yeah. And shot the whole day. Mm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He yeah. says they landed, they landed back at 2 a.m. in the morning, whatever, went yeah. to his house, got the ball, went to the court and kept shooting. Yeah. That was, yeah, man, Kobe, man. You know Kobe, what I mean? No doubt. That's a, um, man, that mamba mentality, man. I remember just kind of adding on to what you're saying. There was a game 
wasn't even a game. He remember the, the, uh, the season when he got injured. I think he had messed up. Um, might have been the time when he when he uh, injured a hamstring, something of that nature. But yeah. he was out of. Uh, he was he wasn't in circulation. He was out of the game. I think he was yeah. out for about two weeks. And his teammates got mad because this guy is out two weeks. He's literally almost on crutches. And he wanted, as soon as the plane landed, he wanted to go and have practice with some of the guys. So he could just shoot the ball around and show them how to like run set plays. You know, <laughs> he's not even in the game. And then they interview him and the, and the ball is like, Kobe, man, I, we hear that you landed and you went to the gym and you got a few guys. He's like, yeah, man, you know, I just wanted to chop, to sharpen some things up, you know, so that when I come back, you know, I'm ready, I'm ready for the season. I'm like, dude, you are literally in crutches. Like, <laughs> Come on, man. Like, chill out. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what I loved about that sequence, obviously, yeah, very, very emotional. And I think what you're saying about Kobe is difficult to imagine him gone because he's so present in our lives. And I think you and I even spoke when he passed, how we've watched this man grow up. You know, we watched this kid grow up. Yeah. And what I what I what I what I thought was was just telling again was how he positioned himself saying in terms of in relation to the Jordan stuff, he's like, mm. he's the reason I'm here. I like that. It was, it was so beautiful to watch and hear because it's such a, I mean, that's, yeah, it, it, it's, it was just so poignant and so, on, you know what I mean? So, so you right. Can tell, you can tell that Kobe and MJ had a lot of conversations because, you know, people don't realize you have to, yeah, be a you know really avid basketball consumer to notice the nuances in the way they speak. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this, yeah. they were they were so similar, and over the years, it started to develop even more and more. So even in terms of his outlook on what he was chasing, um, his perception of what greatness was, it was always very similar to what MJ would say, which is pretty much, look, I'm trying to be the best player that I can be. You yeah. know, and yeah. anything else. You know, is is out of my control, but I can control my destiny on the court, which is to be the best player that I can be. And with Absolutely. Kobe, in learning that, he was also very well aware that look, the reason why I think like this is because of this guy. So there yeah. is no me without this guy, because this yeah. guy has literally showed me the way, and I have consumed that shit unashamedly. Because that was another thing that comes out every time they talk Jordan and Kobe. He, he's unashamed in his. You know his groupiness, his standum for 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 Michael Jordan. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, and, yeah, and and also the fact that you know you know the you know Kobe's often called the remix, and at the same time, yeah. um, one of the things you said is like earlier this year again. You know, Jordan is notoriously private, and you know he gave one of the more beautiful speeches at Kobe's memorial. Yeah, um, which really touched the heart, and you could see to your point, you know what they said was Kobe would wait for Jordan after Laker games. The bus, the bus, the team bus is waiting to go, right? Yeah. They're like, okay, are we all in? Okay, no, no, Kobe's <laughs> not in. <laughs> Kobe's waiting in the corridor for Jordan to come out so he can sure. ask him these questions. Yeah. And he and he proved himself, he earned the respect because Jordan, Jordan could see he was serious. Yeah. And it's the same thing, it's the same thing you, in life. When somebody's serious, you can see they're serious. They don't have to tell you too much. Yeah. You can see this person yeah. is serious. Yeah. Um, I, I thought it was, I thought it was a really beautiful, beautiful. And, and, and I'm sure you uh, saw a lot so. of the similarities as well in, in Kobe, because remember, I'm going to take it back to episode one. 
you know, MJ was pretty much the same way when he was young. You know, Kobe yes. also never drank. You know, he yes. didn't drink. He yes. didn't go out partying with the other guys. You know, yes. he was just like, yo, I'm here to play basketball. I'm not here yes. now. Yes. Now I've made the millions. Like, I'm not here to just enjoy this shit and become a, Absolutely. You know, be a Absolutely. celebrity. I'm here to actually put in work. And you saw that with yeah. MJ as well. He was like, yo, man. I'm in there and these guys are doing all sorts of things, lines and all sorts of stuff. And I was like, yo, man, this ain't for me, dog. Peace out. <laughs> I'll be over here on the court. <laughs> this is not what I'm here for. Um, another, another thing which I know you appreciate uh, that I loved in this, in this episode was the shoes. No the doubt. Shoes. No doubt. <laughs> no doubt. Now, now you know, uh, I know you're a connoisseur. Yeah. Of of these shoes, and um, I wanted to know what were your first Jordan shoes. My first Jordan shoes were the Jordan Eights Playoff Edition. Mm. Uh, right. So what happened was this was around the time because this is now. Remember, we used to get them late, so this was I think ninety four when they like yes. hit here. Yes. So no, sorry, were, were these your first basketball shoes? So that's the other thing. Were these are not my first basketball shoes. shoes. These are my okay, first cool, Jordan. Cool. So, right, um, but I'm explaining. So, yes, before I had, you know, in inverted comma sneakers, but, uh, you know, my mom still wasn't, wasn't too sure about this whole basketball thing and how serious I actually am. You know, she mm-hmm. was aware that I was talking about it, but she had never actually seen me play and all of that kind of stuff. But yeah. she started to notice that I would wear out sneakers very quickly and to the point right. where you know, toes would be showing, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? literally. And my mom was not about that life, you know? So, I mean, even when, you know, even when she was struggling slightly, like, it was like, yo, dude, you always got to keep it 100. You know what I mean? You got to keep, you know, you out there representing me. We can't be messing around like that. So when that started to happen on a regular basis, then she came and I think she watched a couple of, our, of my games, spoke to a couple of my coaches um, you know, at that time I was playing provincial basketball already as well. So she, she started to get that, okay, this guy's pretty good. So then she literally, she surprised me. We were at the mall and uh, I remember, what is the name of this place, man? Um, in Eastgate. Oh man, I can't remember the name of the store. It might have been called Sneakers actually. Uh, mm. I think it was called Sneakers. Um, they always had the best stuff, man. They always had the best, best stuff. And, you know, we're walking past the, the store and then she was just like, ah, oh, let's just have a, let's, let's just step inside here and see what these, but she wasn't like, I, in my mind, this was not us going shopping, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then boom, it was like the, 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 the angelic sounds just came out <laughs> and I saw the eights, you know, and she knew yeah. that I wanted Jordans, you know what I mean? So we went straight to the eights. Oh man, and she was like, all right, what size, uh, what size are you again? And I just went out, I just lost my mind. I knew what she was doing at that point in time. And, um, and then I got the eight. <laughs> Playoff edition, black, new buck with the white, uh, university red and black. Oh my goodness, man. Yo, you, man. You and then I started flying. And then I started flying. <laughs> of course, of course. And then I, you know, of course. And I was <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and you haven't looked back. So I've, I, I am, um, I remember my dad, oh my mom, but like, so my first pair was the Air Jordan 12 originals, white, yeah. red. Um, and, um, those shoes hit different, man. Yeah. It's almost like, it's almost like you put them on, you feel like you're talking about flying, like, you know, I feel like, yeah, this, this, man. this, this is good. 
This feels man. like I stepped into some soft, some soft carpet. You know oh, what I mean? Oh man! Oh man! They don't understand, man. You know these guys don't understand. I mean, when you go from what I was wearing to you know to make a jump to yeah, Jordans, oh man, it was over. And I mean, you know, like, that's what you know, and, and that's the thing about MJ and and, and how he's just kind of uh, you know spurred on like urban culture. I, I live now. I did a count when I was doing my spring cleaning. I've got 156 pairs of sneakers. Yeah, no, you've got some yeah. sneakers. I've got 156 you've got, pairs you've of got, sneakers. Yeah, you've got some yeah. sneakers. And, and a lot um, of those are yeah. Jordans. <laughs> a lot of those are Jordans. I used to laugh because Scoop, Sia, Sia and Wegazi. Yeah. You know, um, you know, we go way mm-hmm. back. We actually, you know, we met on the courts when we were 14 years That's old. That's right. Yeah. Shout and, out to um, Sia. So, yeah, shout out to Sia. You know, when we, when we were 14 years old. And um, that was the one thing he always remembers about me is that when I started playing, like when I started playing in these provincial tournaments, I was a proper sneakerhead. At that point in time now, I became a sneakerhead. Because another thing about my mom is if she saw that you were serious about something and you were excelling, right. then she yes. she buy in 100%. So now, you know, I'm telling her, look, ma, I need to have at least like five pairs of kicks in rotation. At a time, you know, we need to switch these up over like every need, three, four months. I need, I, I need my Monday, my Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Exactly. And then what I would do then is when I would go to these tournaments, I'd go there in a pair of sneakers. Sometimes I'd warm up in a different pair of kicks and then play the game, my game kicks. <laughs> <laughs> it used to drive me crazy. You should ask him. It was it was wild. And these were like crispy kicks. You know what I mean? I wasn't like rocking no you know no Adidas. Exactly, exactly. Stuff, yeah. Man. And and the and the thing is, I remember that even even at even like pickup games, you would come. We would meet whatever. You would come. I mean, it's much later. But you yeah. would come in one pair. I'm like, okay, now, now that court is ready, whatever. It's like, okay, let's go. And then you're like changing into another. It's like what? <laughs> The rest of yeah. us, you know, the rest of us will come in slippers. We come in slippers <laughs> and then change into the kicks. <laughs> yeah, man. I don't know. I was wild, man. But it was just happy. At some point in time, it really, it didn't even become about flossing anymore. Then it was just, this is, you know, this is how I do things. This is who know? I am. This, this is, this is who, who I am. am. <laughs> the, um, what, what I love about, again, what I love in the, in the documentary that they're able to capture is the idea that Jordan, and I guess, you know, you never know in life. <laughs> Jordan wasn't trying to be about that Nike life. He no, was no. interested in something else. <laughs> and his, his mom was like, you got to go to that meeting. And, 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 and it's so interesting, that stuff, because also to that, which they touched on, and you, you, you just spoke about it becoming this urban cultural icon. Yeah. Because as you know, you know, Spike Lee is one of my favorite filmmakers. And, and the thing with Spike and those Nike ads is here's a, here's a here's a story. And how about this? How this is this is the thing about you never know, right? You you yeah. just have to your, your conviction either in in your in, in especially in the arts or like sports or whatever. It's like when you dedicate yourself to something from the heart. Yeah. So there's a great book called um, "Playing for Keeps: Michael Jordan and the World He Made," and yeah. um, and um, he talks about how. One of the one of the one of the copywriters, a guy called Jim Riswold, who Nike, you know, wasn't that huge, whatever. But they, they were the they were the they were the ad agency or the company that had to do the Nike ads. And yeah. they go out one night and they watch this film called um, About Last Night. And I've there's a trailer. Movie, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No. There's a trailer. There's a trailer for Spike Lee's first film. She's got to have it, which is a brilliant yeah. film. 
Brilliant film. And in the trailer, Spike Lee is in the trailer himself selling things, you know, basically, hey, I'm a struggling filmmaker, come watch my movie, right? Yeah. The trailer is very funny. But yeah. Spike is in the thing. And obviously, if you watch, if you've seen, she's got to have it. Um, you know, Spike is in the film, plays Mars Blackman. Mars Blackman wears the Jordans. He refuses to take them off even when he's making love. You know what I mean? Like, he's all about the Jordans. <laughs> No. Um, you know, the only, in, in, you know, in, in the film, in the film, you know, Nola Darling is his, you know, he's, he's attracted to her, but uh, apart from her, he's also attracted to his Jordans. Jim, yeah. Jim, Jim, Jim Rizwald loved that humor. Yeah. And brought Spike Lee in and said, look, would you be interested in making these, these, this documentary with Michael Jordan? And Spike was very, was at first, you know, he thought it was a prank. You know what I mean? And yeah. this is at the beginning of his career. So it's not like Spike as we know him now. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that they took that chance and recognized his genius and the fact that Michael Jordan and him, like Jordan, and I'm sure I read somewhere Spike said, Jordan could have said anything. Like, who is this guy? Whatever. He was nobody. Yeah. But the fact that, again, game recognized game and they were able to, Spike was able to take this alter ego from um, She's Gotta Have It into these Nike commercials and then legitimizing, giving Mike the street cred. I mean, as a filmmaker and a basketball player, that's just, um, I mean, I just loved I've always loved that story. No doubt. And I mean, I think we don't give Jordan enough credit. Yes, he, he revolutionized the game and, and, and made it, um, you know, the, the global you know, phenomenon that it is. And I, I mean, we saw that with the Dream Team. But, you know, watching the documentary and, and even with what you're saying now, I mean, it's clear that he is, a, he is, he, he is why basketball is is associated with urban culture. And I don't mean just urban culture. I'm talking hip-hop. I'm talking everything. I mean, he's pretty much a seed that has kind of germinated and sprouted all of these different things that are at the root just synonymous with, with, with um, you know, with basketball, which, you know, which is, Absolutely. You know, which is just mind-blowing, you know? That one yeah. man can and do then, all of these things. That one man can do all these things. And then the other thing I loved is that, you know, Do the Right Thing is one of my favorite, <laughs> one of my favorite films. And Love it. Love that it. classic scene in Do the Right Thing, when the guy goes over the shoe. Yeah. I love that scene so much. And my favorite, I mean, I know the lines to that film. And what I love, especially when he says, how much did you pay for that? It was like a hundred bucks. American dollars. A hundred and eight with tax. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that man. sequence is no hilarious. Is hilarious. No um, no the, 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 uh, the, so yeah. So I mean, yeah, that book, that book, um, uh, Michael Jordan and the world he made uh, playing for keeps speaking of books yeah. there's a book uh, that episode 6 gets into uh, the Jordan rules does this book um, uh, strike any chord with you yeah. uh, KP uh, the Jordan yeah, rules did, did a certain did a certain yeah, akin lend you the, where's my hey, book man. where's my book KP where's my book hey man it's alright I promise you like I said I, it's around I mean I did some that has nothing to do with my book sure man. that is mean, spring cleaning spring, spring cleaning has nothing to do with my book. Where's my book? Oh man, come on, man. The Jordan Rules. You, man. Ep- episode six. Episode six <laughs> gets into like some that, of the man? area. <laughs> Why are you gotta Listen. be like that, man? Come Where's on. my book? We're trying to give um, the people what they want to hear. They don't want to hear about no book. <laughs> oh, now they don't want to hear about no book. It's because you have the book. Where's my book? Um so episode six gets into gets into some of the uh, firstly the idea of what it means to be Michael Jordan. This idea that we all think, hey, it'll be great to be Jordan. He's like, no, no, no. If you want to be Michael Jordan, you can't be Michael Jordan for one day, one week. Try it for a year, 
and yeah. episode six obviously goes into that particular year and, and how, you know, he went from being the sort of this idea of this perfect guy to some of the edges. And um, the Jordan rules that book, Sam Smith contributed to that. Um, there was the, there was the, um, there was the gambling and the director tells an interesting story about, because, you know, Jordan says, I don't have a gambling problem. I've, I've got a competition problem. Sure. And it's beautifully illustrated in the film, but, but the director tells this great story of how he's, he and Jordan have to go to a brand Jordan event. And as they get in the car, Jordan suddenly says, I bet we'll see 10 pairs of Jordans before we get to the, <laughs> before we get to the event. <laughs> and he's saying the story because he's like, yo, it's not like I'm betting money. We're just in the car driving. Yeah. And Jordan is already going, I bet you will see <laughs> 10 Jordans before we get to the thing. Which he says gives you an insight in his mind. And you see yeah. that beautiful scene, you know, with the security guard, the guy who even gives him the Portland shrug back. And apparently yeah. that guy is, is now late. But that scene is so telling of somebody who is addicted to competition. Take yeah. his line. And the gambling. Um, how much do you remember of that Atlantic City trip at the time? When 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 he went to play in the middle of the playoffs. Do you remember that? Um, I honestly don't. I don't remember that. Um, I only really got into it when I read the book. Ding, ding, ding. So I got that from the book. I mean, I don't remember it at the time. I mean, remember, we were, we were young, man. You know, this was uh, at a time. Well, you, we were were young. you were young. Well, I was, I was yeah, I was a little younger young. than you. <laughs> But, <laughs> you know, I was, I was consuming the game in a totally, um, you know, in a totally different way. Um, yes. and didn't necessarily have, you know, the, the inside info because I didn't really want, I didn't, I didn't need to know it. So, yes. you know, I didn't, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't know about that whole thing until afterwards when I then, you know, kind of started to, to study the game a little bit more. Um, so yeah, I, I really don't. But what I do remember is that game is the, is the game against the, the 54 point game. You yes, know, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> After that, and I just, oh man, that was for me. That was actually one of my best Jordan games. You know, to, yes, to, to, yes. To watch that and the and the fifty five point uh, outburst against um, against Charles and them in the finals. Yes, yes. Which is when I, I then fell in love with the Jordan eights. Yes, and in fact, what was good about that? I mean, you know, we spoke on the we spoke on the show before about how we were all consuming the game at that time. You know, now there's obviously it's a different era. Um, but at that time, that particular year was the year in which I followed the NBA from top to bottom. You know, the, you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. I followed the Bulls that year because yeah. it was two things. It was the CNN program this week in the NBA. Yes. And this friend of mine and the high school I was at, Sports Illustrated. They would get the Sports Illustrated. I don't know how they did it, but they yeah. would always get Sports Illustrated. So I was able to follow everything. I and, see. Um, and I used to I watch remember, this week in the NBA for the highlights. That's right. <laughs> to copy that's right, moves. Right? <laughs> to copy moves. Yeah. I, I, for, for, for me, it was everything. And, and yeah. you know, and, and the thing about it, there's also one in the Jordan canon, there's the airtime. The, you know, there's the come fly with me playground and there's airtime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And airtime looks at that. There's a Knicks section the year before, right? Yes. <laughs> when... And um and my brother it. and I my brother and I used to watch just that section 
Yeah. Before we went to games, just to get hyped up. <laughs> to get hyped. To, to <laughs> yeah. just get hyped, ready to play. You know what I mean? Um, and so, That's funny because so that... I see it, man. I see it. They, oh, man. If, you, if, you're, if you're listening to this and you have access to it, you got to watch it. That, 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 that sequence that is sequence, so dope. That sequence in airtime is so good. Yeah. Um, and so, so, that, so the following year, the Knicks expected, they thought they were going to beat them. Right? They yeah. expected to beat, and that's what the documentary shows. The, especially, so I remember the headline, I remember the Sports Illustrated, I can't remember if it was the cover or the article, but there's like Patrick Ewing is blocking one of the bulls and the headline is no bull. Yeah. <laughs> because oh, now the man. Knicks are up 2-0, right? Yeah. And they thought yeah. they were going to win. And obviously, I, I and then, I mean, you, we've spoken about his, his, his outburst, obviously coming off the, he, you know, he was very irritated with all this attention, but that game five with the Knicks and the Charles Smith, when Charles Smith couldn't buy a bucket. Yeah, yeah. And Horace Grant, Scotty Pippen, Michael Jordan swiping and thing. Yeah. That for me is one of the greatest defensive sequences. And they say it in the documentary, but I, sometimes I just even go and look for that sequence just to, just to look at how they played that D. Yeah. What's your, and, and I recently rewatched that game. I know you've been rewatching games as well. Yeah. What's your, and that game is an interesting game anyway. What do you think of when you when you see that Charles Smith sequence? I think it just it speaks to to the Bulls, you know. It speaks to the the the, the championship um, uh, caliber team that they that they then become. Um, defensively, they've always been known as great defensive teams, but I think it became more about just the the, the, the grit as well. You know, it showed yes. everything that they went through with Detroit. Literally, all came together back then. They were Detroit just sharpened them. Yeah. And uh, when they were playing that season, even down 0-2, if you recall, the way that they were speaking, in particular Michael Jordan, they were uh, they were unnerved. You know, you're yes. down 0-2. Um, you know, things aren't looking good. They've got you've got all of these things happening around you, both on and off the court. But there's such conviction that yo man, we, we're the champions. You know what I mean? We yes, got this yes. until they are champions. They you know they they haven't beat us. And uh, yes. that last sequence right there is a clear indication. I mean, yeah, they. You're literally down by one point. I think if Charles Smith scores that basket, you know, Jordan's legacy becomes slightly different because I don't see them yeah. winning winning that series, you know. Um, yes, but after yes, that, yes. they were broken. It was very similar to when, remember when Nick Anderson missed the four free throws against Houston? Exactly. exactly. Like a game yes. that breaks the spirit of a team, you know. Yes. And that game yes. just like broke the Knicks spirit. Absolutely. I mean, you know, Charles Smith was never the same. The Knicks were never the same. Yeah. Um, but it's just it's just basketball poetry. The other, the other thing that I loved in the documentary was the dream team section and the dream team practices, which, which got you and I reminiscing about your famous Vit squad. Talk to yeah. us about that Vit squad and also how, how watching the trash talking hey, in the practice with Mike, <laughs> with Magic Johnson. And, hey, low key, Magic Johnson has been great in this, in this documentary, man. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah. He's been such a he's he's been great. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. I love um, I love the part with with uh, with uh, what's his name with Clyde Drexler, and yes. when he's talking about MJ, uh, was very offended about people comparing him yes. to Clyde Drexler, and then yes. he goes to, to to Magic on some I'm gonna I'm gonna get this dude tomorrow, and then that's <laughs> when he went on that three point barrage, and then he would hit that 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 sixth one. He looks at him and he's just like. I told you I was gonna kill this dude. <laughs> but anyway, now nah, he's been he's been great. But uh, but you know, going back to to, to the whole Vitz 
team thing. I mean, it was, man, Akeem, I swear, that was some of the best um, um, basketball. You know, it was some of the best basketball I've, I've ever played because it was so competitive. We had about six national team players, um, and, and, and very, and, and very, um, well, how can I put it? Guys that are literally coming out of situations where they were the number one option and now coming yes. to this team where now all of a sudden you have to literally play as a team, but there are only five positions on, on the court. There are only five spots. Yeah. So every practice, and I think our coach did a good job of this because there were no real like starters, so to speak. Like you felt mm. that you had to work for your starting position and you had to work for game time. And yes. practices became more intense than games. You know, I mean, we'd have sometimes we'd have players, you know, walking out of practice. That happened a couple of times. Ashraf, I mean, God rest in, you know, he must rest in, in, in peace. He, yes. a couple of times, like, <laughs> walked out of practice, you know, just fighting with either players or with even the, the coaches. So, um, mm. it was, it was really, really tough, man. It was, but it was great. It was great. And, and I mean, it, it proved itself on the court because we were pretty much unbeatable. Yes, you guys were. And um, speaking of that, because what you realize then with the Dream Team, and we mentioned it when we when we started reviewing this documentary about Tony Kukoc, yeah, and um, and and the unique role again, how life is that actually this guy joined them later on to win three more championships. But but I just I always found it funny that thing of like how Kukoc never took it. You know, like he was like, I don't know these guys. And in fact, if yeah. you watch the Dream Team documentary, there's a funnier part where he says his teammates are saying to him, Yo, can't, don't you see that they're targeting you? <laughs> like, can't you see it, right? Um, and he was like, oh, I just thought, you know, this is this is how they play. And how both Jordan and Pippen, <laughs> how both Jordan and Pippen, like, yo, we had nothing against Tony. It was, it was, it was Jerry Krause we were after. And they put the clamps on this brother, man. Put the clamps on. Yeah, man. Um, no, it, and, it, 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 it was tough. <laughs> what did it you? What tough, did that man. sequence? How did you? How did you like that sequence in the documentary, the Tony Kukoc, uh, the reminisce? I love it, man. I mean, I'm glad they. First of all, I'm glad they're showing him some love. Uh, but I mean, you can see, man. It, there was a huge difference between um, U.S. basketball and the rest of the world. And the first thing that 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 sprung to my mind was just Tony Kukoc's frame. When he was playing yeah. against those guys, you know, he was, and not just him, but everyone that the dream team yeah. played against. I mean, it just shows kind of the importance of, you know, sports nutrition and just the, the, the evolution in that sense that the rest of the world has now kind of caught up with. And I think that's why the U.S. well plays a huge role in why the U.S. is not necessarily as dominant as it used to be. Um, and, and it's not, you know, um, it's reached a point yeah. where now, you know, the U.S. teams have been beaten a couple of times. Um, yes. So that that was the first thing that really stuck out to me. But from a skill standpoint, you know, Kukoc was, 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 was hectic. And I love the fact that, yeah, he got clamped down in the first game, but you saw the bounce back in the second game. And, uh, and I really loved that. I really loved that. I think, I mean, Kukoc, people don't realize how, how good, you know, Tony Kukoc was, you know, won yeah, the, yeah. the NBA championship three times. But, you know, he was a sixth man of the year in 96. On that Bulls team that uh, that went seventy two and ten, you know he was Absolutely. part of the All Rookie Second Team, you know. And back when he was in Europe, he was the best player. You know, he was pretty much like the Luka Doncic of his time. You know, yeah, Euro, yeah, Euro Basket MVP in ninety one. You know, he's he's got so many you know accolades, and uh, I think the fact that he was playing behind two 
um, you know, future Hall of Famers and not just Hall of Famers, but MJ and Pippen, you know, they, I think we need yeah, to, yeah. they're the type of Hall of Famers you need to actually add their, you know, their names just to let you, there's that high, there's that upper echelon Hall of Fame, you know, there's that, there's exactly. that Hall of Fame, then there's that, okay, there's, there's, there's that, that upper there's that echelon old. one. Yeah. There's that lean in. There's that lean yeah, in. You know, lean oh, in. you play with Hall of Famers. No, I played with exactly. Michael and Scotty. Oh, tell me more. Let me hear Exactly, in. exactly, exactly. You know, and that's what Kukoc, uh, you know, did. And he, he did it really well. I think you put Tony Kukoc on another team um, coming out of his situation and during that time, I think he's pretty much, you know, he's he's on another, he's like a Drazan um, Petrovic. You know, yes, he becomes yes. that type of player, you know, and has that type of force in the league. He's definitely an all-star. And if you put him in those types of scenarios, so I mean, mad love for Tony Kukoc, man. I'm, I've always loved his game, and I'm glad they 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 repped him in the dock. No, absolutely. And also, the one thing I loved about this whole episode, episodes five and six, is the trash talking. So even Charles Barkley saying, you know, um, <laughs> maybe they should be paying, they should be paying if they're going to pay anybody any more money in Chicago. Yeah. They should pay it to Scotty, right? And, yeah. and rightfully so. But yeah. talk to me about the trash talking. What's your take with trash talking? So I, I, so I love it in this film because, you know, it's just great to listen to, you know, Jordan saying, you know, he's, he's, he's yapping with Spike there saying he can't guard me. The, you know, there's a sequence when, um, magic comes into the locker room with yeah. Larry Bird. They're talking trash. Obviously we've spoken about the practice. Yeah. Now I've never, I've always liked the idea of people talking trash as a player. It never, it, it was never my, I, I just couldn't, I was in the, let my actions speak for me. Because I found, <laughs> yeah. if I did the talking, it was just a mess up. So yeah. I, 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 I wasn't much of the, I was, I was in the Tim Duncan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you know. gotta, if you're gonna talk trash, you gotta get it right, man. You gotta get it right, otherwise it comes off, you know. You on the yeah. other hand. <laughs> hey man, that for me, that was... Part of it was one of the most exciting things about about playing ball, and I think that's why I've loved MJ. And um, you know, even in my times when I was not feeling Kobe, you know, I knew it was hate, and I was just I was going to gravitate back towards him. And mm. Reggie Miller, Charles Barkley, I all I mm. gravitated towards players like that, and uh, it just it was part of my game. I loved you know, talking trash because I always knew that I was going to back it up, you know, and I yeah, always yeah. knew that the other people knew, you know, I mean, a lot of people, you know, people knew I, I could play from a very young age. So people, especially initially, were always trying to go at me, you know, and then when they yes, saw, oh, yes, shit, yes. this guy's the real deal, then, and when I started to see that, then uh, my <laughs> trash talking just got to, you know, to another level. But I mean, I mean, I'm telling you now about this Vitz team, the trash talk that would happen there, I mean, it's... We still talk trash to this day, you know. We still talk about, you know, you can't guard me, man. What the hell is wrong with you? Where are your kicks? You got your kicks in the boot? You got your sneakers in the car? Like that's literally what it's about, you know. I, I love that that element of the game. We used to talk so much trash, and it's crazy because you talk about how useless a player is. This talk, I'm talking about our practices now. You talk yes. about how useless a player is. Meanwhile, this is your teammate that you're gonna have to go out on the court with, you know. So practices yes, yes, yes. are literally, you know, killing each other. Then once the, you know, once we get to the game, then you talk about how, yo, man, you know, you can do this. You know, you know, this is your shit, man. Come on, man. You know, so I love, <laughs> I love, I love that about trash talk, man. I really, I really enjoyed that, that element of the game. And, you know, I really wish I could see more. And I think, you know, a lot of, a lot of people talk about the whole old school style of play and it's become a thing now with the young bus not understanding what the OGs mean in the commas. But that is, 
that was the huge part of the game that really attracted, you know, a lot of us. So when you talk about the game becoming soft, that has a large, you know, has a huge role to play in it, you know, because, mm -hmm. you know, it's just, it's just not there. Like you, it's not to say that you hate this other person, but you know, you, you got to hold your own, you know, and holding your own a lot of the times means letting this other person know that you're holding your own. And that just makes the game more exciting. So, you know, I've always loved trash talk and, uh, I got my doctorate in it at a, at a young age, <laughs> at a very young age, man. The, uh, the, uh, I love that. I love that uh, sequence. So what was great about the, we spoke about the Phoenix, the Phoenix finals was I remember, I remember that quote. In fact, watching the doc, watching the doc, I was like, I hope they have that Charles quote where he says, you know, take that shit off the window. Because <laughs> I remember that's how that that particular edition of this week in the NBA, that's how it started. Because you know, at that time, remember, at that time we couldn't watch the games, right? Yes. And yes. there's no, there's no. So when when we're staying up at midnight yeah. to watch the this week in the NBA. We don't know the score. So we, yes. we went to bed going, hopefully the Bulls should have won. Yeah. The thing. <laughs> yeah. And I'll never forget the episode begins and it's the Charles Barkley. Take that shit off the window. They won't need it tonight. And then you're like, oh man, they lost. <laughs> it was real, man. Oh man, I love that, man. I love that. But um, that was a great series, man. That was really was a, a, a great, great series. It, it was a great series. And, and, and just talk about again, the confidence. Which is for me, when Jordan talks of, uh, you know, I lead by example. And just this idea is like, I don't know about you guys. I'm packing one suit. Yeah. I'm not going for two games. I'm going for one game. And I think that yeah. confidence becomes infectious because you go like, well, if this guy is so convinced of it, I'm yeah. rolling with him. I'm going, yeah. you know what I mean? And, and that yeah. never doubting yourself. They could have easily lost the game, whatever. The point is I'm coming with the mindset that I'm going yeah. to win. And that already gives me an edge over you. Um, I love that. And then, and then, and that game, beautiful sequence at the end where he had scored, he brought them to that point, passes the ball to Pippin. Pippin gets it to Grant. And what I remember, Sports Illustrated, one of these writers saying, because Grant wasn't having a great, he wasn't having a great series. Uh. And they said, Horace Grant whipped that ball to Bill Carson and hot potato. <laughs> And he, and he genuinely did. Yeah. Like, he didn't even know no parts. <laughs> I want no parts of this. That's funny. Sorry, John Paxton. John Paxton. As you're saying it, as you're saying it, I, I'm literally looking at, I'm, I'm seeing, I'm envisioning the sequence in my head. And that's literally <laughs> how it was. He literally threw that thing like it was burning his fingers, man. That was exactly. Crazy. And yeah. Paxton, Paxton comes and hits the shot and it's beautiful. And, um, yeah. and even you could see he was touched in the documentary when he spoke about it, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. and what, and, and, and so I, re I remember that. And obviously, and, and they don't show the play after where Grant blocks Kevin Johnson. Yes. Kevin Johnson goes up for the shot and he, and he, and he, and he, and he, and he you know, and he, and he blocks, and he blocks it. it. No doubt. And, and that thing of winning again, the separation. Yes, I've won two, but that makes me like Isaiah and magic. I need to separate yeah. myself from these guys. Yeah. Winning three will separate. Um, yeah. And it was just, it was just beautiful to relive that and understand again, that drive. And then obviously the, 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 the negative, the negative stuff that comes with that, which is what, which is what, um, you know, ultimately started to build a, a more of a shell around himself. But in terms of leaving something on the court, yeah. separating himself, 
this man, man, you just and and in that sequence, I mean, I, I don't know if you, if you know this, but that shot by Paxson yeah. before people, you know, say, ah, oh, Jordan was not clutch or he was afraid or whatever. That was the first basket by anyone other than Michael Jordan in the entire in quarter. the fourth quarter, exactly. Yeah. In the no, entire exactly. quarter. In the, you know? in the entire quarter. <laughs> entire, he averaged 41 points per game. In the in entire series. quarter. Yeah, no, in no. Absolutely. Games. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's, I mean... And, that's, and, that's and for me, it's almost, again, that thing of the poetry of it is that, and we'll get to it, I guess, when we get to episode 10, when they look at that actual... 98, uh, that final game against Utah, what he did in that game. There's almost such yeah. a perfect symmetry of how he carried the team. And and in, in both cases, you know, Paxton hit this shot. Obviously, Steve Kerr hit the one shot that time. And yeah. then the final game, Jordan hit the shot. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's so, exactly. it's so, it's so, it's so, it's so beautiful. Um, before we get out of here, you know, I always got to talk about the music and I've got a hot take. They had... They had some of, some of my favorite songs were on Can I Kick It, Tribe Called Quest, I Got It Made, Special Ed. That took me back to boarding school when I was 13, 14, rapping in the thing there with the... I can hear myself <laughs> rapping badly, probably. But, but I, uh, I got it made. Um, uh, and then so here, and then Black Sheep, the choice is yours. So here's my hot take. Naughty by Nature. You want to mention Rosa Parks, man. If you don't Those mention Outcast, then I'm going to, you know. Oh, no, sorry. There we go. Outcast, there you go. Thank you. Thank um, you. <laughs> Thank you. The goats. Um, the goat. I, the I, goats. I, no doubt. Um, the, the goats. Um, um, so, I love Naughty by Nature. OPP no is one of my favorite songs. Here's my thing with Hip Hop Ray. I wasn't, I wasn't a big fan of that Hip Hop Ray. Until last yeah, night. Man, you know. Until yeah, last we're night, to, we're trying to get more people listening to our stuff, Akin. Um, you know, saying things like that doesn't do us any favors, man. You know, uh, we're trying to increase our subscriber base. You can't be saying, I mean, that was an that was an anthem. That was an anthem. You can't say that. Take That's it back. You can't That's say the, that. <laughs> That's the thing. You, you, I'll be at the, cl- I'll be at the thing, and then you know they'll put on hip hop parade, crazy. and everyone's losing mean? their mind. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't think this is their strongest track. <laughs> and and oh, like man. I say, in the in my top ten of of naughty by nature tracks, hip hop parade is not in the top ten of naughty by oh. nature tracks. Of Naughty by Nature tracks, Hip Hop Pure is not in my top 10. Wow. Wow. Um, yeah, but, look, but okay. uh, look, OPP, um, like OPP, first of all, takes up the first five. So that, that's, okay. I'm like, what's my, <laughs> when they say, what's your top five Naughty by Nature, I'm like, OPP, 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 and I mentioned OPP. But what I was going to say is, this is the power and this is what basketball has done in my life. They put Hip Hop Pure there next to Jordan, and I'm like, the song is not half bad. The song is not half bad. <laughs> that's the thing. It's a great, great track, Akeem. But you're so, right, that's so what basketball I, does. I, I put it in perspective for me. I, so this week, I'm going to listen to that song a little deeper. Okay, please and do. Maybe, maybe issue some apologies to anyone I went like, listen, man, this song, please. <laughs> Like, no. Please do, please do give it, give it a proper, um, you know, a proper, a proper, a proper think. <laughs> you know, I was just like, you know, um, next week, episode seven and eight. So episode seven, they're gonna look at how, and this is where they say you you start to see more of the footage and and the areas in which Jordan was a bit concerned 
uh, episode seven, how he motivated others and what it was like to play with him. Episode eight, how he motivated himself and what it was like playing against him. Mm. So we can't wait for that. Um, in the meantime, take it easy and we'll be back next week. The smoothness. Thank you very much. So just one last thing in closing. Yeah. Horace Grant, man, you got to chill with the snitchery, man. <laughs> you could have had six championships, but you decided to snitch. You should not have done that. You could not have done that. How can someone write a book? How can you, how can my, if you wrote a book, Akeem, you know what I mean? And some word got out that only, you know what I mean? That I, that I went out now. Okay, listen. Someone does some stuff. You write a book that details what Sapo's been doing out in these streets. And, and what am I going How can I not be part of it? Come on, man. Chorus Grant, come on, man. Come on, brother. Come on. He come had to just sit there and be like, yeah the, yeah, the reporter's a very, very good friend of mine, but I didn't tell him anything. I don't know how he found out all that information. Yeah, we go for drinks every Friday night. Wow. Oh, man. That's the great way to end it. Oh, oh man. See you next week. Peace. What? Once again, it's on.